It was by no means the first tortured body she had ever witnessed, but somehow here, in the field, it was different. The corpse didn't arrive in a brightly lit forensics laboratory, in a neatly zipped plastic bag, and there were no water hoses or stainless steel surgical slabs. Instead, there was a mangled body dangling from a rope by its heels, its clothing ripped and strewn about, its hair gnarled macrame, its bloodless limbs mannequin-like. It's different when you know you're dying, when you die badly, when your suffering is prolonged. She finally brought her eyes up from where they had been hiding to look again at the body. She gritted her teeth and forced herself to be strong. She didn't know how she knew, but she knew that the victim had died slowly, fully aware of her hideous fate. Just knowing your own death is at hand. Cramped quarters. No other woman in the room other than she and the corpse, lightly swaying because someone had touched or bumped it. Whispers. Garbled talk. Ancient odors. Dark cave. An awful way to die. Amid the noise and movement of local and state lawmen, here in Wicosha, Wisconsin, Dr. Jessica Corrin, medical examiner, fresh from the Quantico, Virginia, FBI laboratories, wanted to shout the dramatic order for everyone to clear the room, to take charge of the investigation like in the movies. However, she knew this would serve little effect beyond alienating the locals, and since now that the crime scene had already been compromised, she swallowed hard and simply said, I'll need everyone's cooperation here. Can I count on it, Otto? You've got it, Dr. Corrin, Boutine said, with more than enough flair for the both of them. His booming voice made the others start. Chief of Division Four Psychological Profiling of Mutilation Murderers, FBI, Otto Botine was a hefty man with a deceptive and perpetual cat's grin. He possessed the most penetrating gray eyes that fired like steel at the heart whenever he commanded others. He poked at the door with a shiny crosspen that he'd been nervously twirling since their arrival here. Everyone please clear the area so Dr. Corrin can work. If and when she needs assistance, she will ask. The others began to file out with a few grunts, some of which were an octave higher than necessary. As they drifted out onto the rickety front porch, she said to Otto, Just don't leave me completely alone, okay? He realized from the plea in her eyes that her request was more than a concern for procedure that a witness be at her side at all times. The request was also quite personal. So, what's your initial impression? He asked awkwardly. Too soon to tell much beyond the fact the local medicine man is pissed. Yeah, I got that impression too. Wants first call, I suppose. Anyone can declare her dead. 
No, he just wants to dress the body for burial, spare the relatives any further grief. Least, that's what he said outside. So where do we begin now that it's ours? The light in here stinks, she said. Got that right, but it's the best we can do with field generators. Have those guys bring up their squad cars, come through the windows and the door with their headlights. Damn it, where are those guys from Milwaukee with what we need? On their way, or they better be. She went to her black valise and began laying out the tools of her trade. Slides, capsule bottles, plastic bags, labels, forceps, specialty scalpels, and syringes. She took off her long beige overcoat and donned her apron, gloves, and mask. From the inside pocket of the overcoat, she pulled forth a scalpel in a case that she flipped open.